You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Witches Anonymous with Ilaria Baldwin and Michelle Campbell-Mason, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome back, witches. We are so excited this week. This week, we have a fantastic guest. She has been on The Young and the Restless for 16 years, playing a character that causes nothing but chaos and is a two-time Emmy winner. And she's here to talk about something extremely important and raw. Michelle Stafford, thank you so much for joining our coven today. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm honored. All right, so I'm so, so, so excited that you're here for so many millions of reasons that we're going to get into. But I'm curious, especially because I've, you know, I've done surrogacy with one of my children and we'll get into that later. But we've been talking um, in our podcast and everywhere about Jennifer Aniston this week, right? And how everybody is, you know, coming to, to the realization that we poked at this poor woman for so long on in, in decades. decades decades about what she looks is she pregnant is she not pregnant why isn't she pregnant is she struggling getting pregnant does she not want to have children and women we are so you know we're we're considered to be breeders in many ways and this is me who has seven kids but i understand that the historical connection of woman is is breeder and if you cannot breed in the traditional way or you do not want to breed in the traditional way, people think that they have the right to talk about it. And then for you to understand that you did surrogacy so, not so long ago, your children are young, but things have changed even the past couple of years in terms of how we talk about it. So, mm-hmm. and, and the technology has changed, the, the medicine has changed. So I, as much as you're comfortable opening up to us about it, I'm so curious to hear about your experience and hear about how you felt that that was accepted or not accepted. You know, it's interesting because um, the breeder thing does hit a nerve with me. Uh, I, it, it's sort of innate in in 
I wish it weren't, but it seems to be very, very much a true statement. I was out of a, a, a failed relationship and and I had this realization that, oh my God, I was waiting for him. Like we wait for them to ask us to marry them. You know, we right. wait for them. We we wait for them to be okay. He was um, a hockey player, right? And, and he had the kind of uh, schedule where where it was, you know, that's, uh, being an athlete's a, a very, very grueling kind of life, um, and especially for the wives or the girlfriends. And um, uh, so, so anyway, I got out of that relationship, and it was, you know, like I guess three years, two and a half years. And I thought, oh, my, I, you know, I'm 38, 39. I have waited again for someone to choose me, and so I wanted to have children. I thought, okay, I'll do it on my own. I started with adoption. It went, it was abysmal for me. It was a completely abysmal experience for me. It's not for others, but it was for me. And, um, you know, then I just thought, how hard could this be? I mean, I'll just get sperm. Just find it on the street. <laughs> a little turkey baster. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> on the side. There's sperm, how hard is that? There's sperm, I'll do it on my own, right? And, um, and then that it was, it was horrendous. I had a lot of physical issues. It long story short, I did IVF, you know, and, and um, it, it just brought me to the point where I had to have a surrogate. I, I really, and especially at that time, oh my gosh. I mean, just the shame that I, I could cry right now. I was just like, I must be the biggest loser on the planet. Now I know this is all bullshit, right? right? And as a woman, you you tell your friend, no, don't think that about your, but I did. It just is what it was. And um, I mean, the whole time I just felt like a loser. I'm like, I gotta, essentially, it's not what you're doing, but I felt like even with adoption, I gotta buy this girl's yeah. baby. Like I can't, I'm such a loser. I can't make this happen. Because all you're told, and you must understand this, I think that somebody who hasn't gone through it might be judging me and it's okay, judge me, I don't care. But, um, but it, it's you're just constantly told you're old. So old. Um, and there's a magic yeah, line of pregnancy. Right. I, I mean, it's so dark. Yeah. I just felt like this old, dried up, barren vagina. I mean, let's just, can I just talk about sitting in that doctor since you posted IVF? I assume you did having a surrogate, obviously. I yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I remember sitting in and I would come from work and I'd be all dolled up and I'd sit in that office. And I and it was couples and I could just see like the women were jacked because I was so jacked doing this. They're jacked. It's, you know, you're amping up those hormones. You're making all those eggs. I mean, you are like bursting estrogen. And the man, I just remember all the men were like this. And I, the nurse one time opened up the thing and said, um, Mr. Smith, we're, we're going to need a sample. I know. I know. Oh, my God. And he's like, OK. Yeah, no, it's the most it's the most embarrassing thing. And they get the sample on the same day that you go in. I guess at least that's the way right. we did it. You go in for the egg yeah, retrieval. Usually. And so I'm like literally in surgery. And Alec is having to go to some really awkward room. He was like, "This is." They call that like a fresh collection. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not just so it's fresh sperm. Fresh, fresh sperm. 
Uh, your amazing podcast just into the gutter. No, I love. No, this is this is the best because nobody talks about this. And I remember the pain. I mean, those. It was like what for for me. It was like ten days of injections, um, which uh, I don't yeah. know how. I don't know what it was like. Because again, because every single year, hopefully, they're getting better at it. But um, right. these injections. It usually averages around two yeah. weeks. Okay, so it's like slightly people. under two yeah. weeks, and then they do like the one that you have to then go in the next day or something like that. The the trigger shot, I think they call it. And I yeah. just remember, I mean, for me, who's had in had my my body had so many kids as well, this weird sensation of your ovaries, like as you got jacked, like just huge, is such an odd feeling that with all the odd feelings that have come with all my odd my, my pregnancies and the ones that I've lost and everything it, it's awful feeling it's an awful awful feeling so one of the things that people will say that when you do IVF is other than oh my gosh how shameful she can't have babies on her own right they shame us for doing it but then also you know the surrogacy route that they you know basically say oh that's that's the easy way to have babies and anyone who's done IVF egg retrieval any of it it is not easy it is painful yeah that's an understatement yeah the whole thing I mean I just if I've never had someone say that to me, by the way. Oh, that you did, you were, had a, a surrogate. That was easy. Um, I get other weird stuff, you know, um, and and I even forget what it is because I usually think that those people are idiots who judge. Um, but but surrogacy, what you were saying, it is, um, it was early. I mean, Oh God, I just remember when my daughter was born in 2009, they didn't have a room for me. I'm not the insured, even though I was paying out of pocket for the insurance, right? And so my beautiful surrogate, Noelle, who would, I'm, I'm still, I still know both my surrogates um, and she wouldn't mind me saying her name, uh, but she um, got the room and then they put me in the hallway. So I was essentially with my kid in the hallway. Uh, and then at the time, because the way it is, at least in California, is at six months gestation, um, you go in front of a judge. Now they do it all with paperwork, but you go in front of a judge and he says, okay, you are not the, the mother of this baby um, to the surrogate. You are the mother of this baby. But prior to that, she is considered in the eyes of the law, the mother of the baby. And, um, and I remember that my judge, and this is probably the depth of um, pathos that I, I felt the judge did not, because it's his opinion, the judge's opinion, because there's no law. So he had everyone who was a single parent or a same sex parent or a transgender parent, he had everyone who was in that uh, basically adopt their own kid, their own biological kid. And I remember, I mean, having already gone through everything that I went through, which is more than a any other mother I, I know. Like, I clearly wanted this. This is why I cry. I'm so sorry. But um, so I sat there and, and I had to basically pitch myself and I had to get a lawyer to pitch myself to the judge. It was, I mean, listen, way worse things can happen in the world and in, in your life. And we've seen them and I've seen, I've experienced other things after this. But I remember that moment of being pitched to the lawyer, to the judge, whether I was um, 
uh, illegitimate or not. And he, yeah. and he looked at me. Yeah, he looked at me and he goes, now, why do you think you would be a good mother? Uh, all I wanted to say oh was go fuck yourself. That's all I wanted to say. He's not a judge here anymore. He retired. Well, but it's it's humiliating. And that's the thing is that, you know, again, yeah. having been able to do both both sides of it um, in terms of these two sides. I mean, obviously, there's many different ways to become a parent. Um, but I don't have a difference between my daughter that was born via surrogacy and my six other children that I carried. There's no right. difference. Yes. Yeah. And people, yes. What people assume that I'm less of a mom, that she's less of my daughter. And, and, you know, I mean, just like what you just, you know, shared with us, if somebody questioning your authenticity as your child's mom, mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, we were, we were looking through some, some articles that were written about my daughter and me um, when she was born in February, 2021. And they were really mean. They were really, really, really mean. And you just look and you think, they're written by women, by the way. Other women are oh, writing yeah, them. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they're basically putting me as this outcasted person, sort of saying like, oh my God, she did that. And not only did she do that, but she has kids on her own. And they don't know my story because I have yet to share it with people. And one of the right. reasons I didn't share it with people was because they were not very nice about it, you know? And so it's, it, but the, the feeling... It made me so sad, the feeling of judgment and, and on such innocence. I mean, the bond between parent and child is so beautiful. And she is just as attached to me as all my other ones. She is just, and I always think, you know what? If I see, if she sees at 25 years old, if she sees one of these reporters that took the time to write about her validity, not just as part of the family, but also her validity in terms of existing, they're questioning whether I should have done that, which therefore is questioning whether she should, that she should exist. I look at that and I think, what if she runs into you and you think, you know what? I wrote something that you shouldn't be here. I mean, listen, I just got to sit with kind of speechless. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's deep. It is horrendous. She's used as a case study for really being, you know, the unattainable super mom in this instance. And it's such an unfair projection because there's so many elements that go into what the public perceives. And there's so many fake things that go on to social media, right? We put up our most beautiful moments of our life, but Hilaria shows her whole life all the time. But this myopic view that this particular re reporter took really just zoomed in on this one thing saying the rest of it is irrelevant and this part of her life is too shiny and it makes others feel bad and they can't stop watching it but that's her fault which which i wonder about i, I wonder about because it, this was february 2021 um and in you know 2019 i had two public miscarriages that i was very open about and i cried about that then people, you know, most people were so wonderful and supportive and shared their own experiences because infertility is very, very common, unfortunately. Um, so I'd love to take a little time to talk about surrogacy. I love that you are, you know, open with um, the name of your surrogate. I keep mine private for for her. Well, only because her. she's open with it. Right. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And that's no, no. And I, I get that. And I'm not just for you guys listening. I'm not going to say the name of my surrogate because that is not what she wants. Um, but I also have this amazing relationship. We talk 
like we text at least almost every single day. That's amazing. And we're so close and we go through such a, an amazing um, we've, we went through such amazing transformations together. Um, and so I'd love to talk a little bit about what the surrogacy experience was for you. I actually texted her last night and asked her some things that she would like to share. Um, just because hearing from a surrogate actually made me want to go through with the process. Whereas what I thought surrogacy was going to be made me not want to do it. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. I worked very, very hard to not have a surrogate. And I was told my ver- by my very first IVF doctor um, th- that it would I would probably have to do it. And I, I worked really, really hard. I mean, that to me was the ultimate loserdom. Um, at the time, of course, I don't have those thoughts now, but at the time I thought I- I'm gonna have to buy somebody's uterus. What, a, you know, like I- I'm, I say this in the most crude way because that's how I, mm-hmm. I felt. At the time. Those are unfiltered raw emotions. Nobody's going to. Yeah, them. yeah, completely. And um, you know, I called an agency, and thank goodness for this woman at this agency that I used because she had so. I mean, by by the time you go to get a surrogate, you're pretty much toast. Like you've tried everything, right? Um, and you go, okay. So, um, you know, I had my embryos frozen, and um, because you know, my doctor kept on telling me I was old, and I better get those eggs out of there. <laughs> Because she started to go into labor very early, right? And so she was in and out of the hospital, and she lived, you know, about an you know an hour flight from me. And um, man, I mean, we had people who worked with the hospital who didn't even get it, and they would come in, and the amount 
of women who would go, is it weird carrying a white woman's baby? Now, I had that added factor of her being, you know, a different color than me. And the amount of people saying that to her, or we would be somewhere at the mall together and they'd go, oh, your baby. And she'd go, oh, well, it's hers. I'm carrying it for her. And they'd be like, oh, 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 and <sighs> not understand. <laughs> And I just figure, you know, it's sort of, I compared it to uncomfortable Thanksgivings with family, you know, like, you know, when you have the creepy un Uncle Charlie in the corner and you're trying to avoid him at Thanksgiving. I mean, that was just <laughs> the whole experience. But nobody, when I finally talked about it, and, you know, I'm on a soap, I, I don't have the same notoriety as you do. I, I, you know, people felt bad for me. I think they, uh, because it was really um horrendous and and my whole journey uh was and it's so many people didn't know about it and so if they if they felt weird it was behind my back and it wasn't to my face but i i always didn't you know there's also this i don't know if you experienced this but but uh um my surrogate gained only five pounds during gestation with natalia so of course i was freaking out <laughs> I was she essentially lost body weight right, right? now and it's that I only bring that up it, because it's the the lack of control you have over something that is your like that really really screwed in my mind yeah. like and I had to talk myself off the ledge I didn't have a husband I was doing this with um I I had family members and really good friends um but it was it was really hard and no one understood it because I didn't know anyone as a single woman who was doing this. Um, now more people are doing it. Um, but it was really, really hard. You know, it was like um, something that only you know about that no one yeah. no one can experience. Yeah. Well, it's you funny. Know? I mean, having I definitely feel the the giving up control, although I have to say that also, when you carry a baby, you're giving up control too, which, oh, okay. which all it's, it's, which, it's so when I was pregnant with Carmen and I was getting like the, these crazy implantation cramps and I literally thought that I was going to start bleeding every single time I got them. And so I'd run to the bathroom and I was like not bleeding. I'm like, how is it possible that you feel these like period like cramps? And it's, and it, there's no blood. What, what is going on? So I called my mother and I was like, I hate this. This is so, this is unfair. Like, I want to write a strongly worded letter to whoever created this in nature. And she's like, Laria, get ready for an entire lifetime of not being able to control your children. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, what yes. have I signed? I'm like six weeks in, what have I signed up for? I don't know yes. if I'm built for this. But, right. you know, when I had... I had had some chemical pregnancies um, scattered until, you know, baby number four. And then I got pregnant. Um, I got pregnant naturally in the spring of 2019. So before my my fourth kid was uh, one because I've had them all back to back. And the heartbeat was wrong. It was not good The from the moment that we heard it. And I had, you know, I'm, I'm a... At Capricorn, as I've said before, I'm, I'm pretty stoic in some ways. So I was like, okay, you know, I haven't had a miscarriage after a heartbeat. So I, you know, I've had four kids. They say one in five children ends in miscarriage. So this is it. This is it. 
Um, I was rec- I was also told that I was old because then I was 35, you know, because I just turned in January and this was in the spring. So I was 35 and change. And um, I basically, we, we waited uh, until the heartbeat stopped, which was probably about like nine plus weeks. So I went from week six to week nine going, you know, every few days or so and watching the heartbeat get slower and slower and slower. Uh, I was very open about it. I actually went on the Today Show and I talked about it because one of the things that frustrates me from not not just being in the public eye, but just being in the community is that we don't often talk about things as they're going on. And that's sometimes when we need the support the most. We just kind of close it off. And so I, you know, I, I was very open about that. I had a, a DNC to to um, remove the, the pregnancy. And then I decided for many different reasons that I was going to try IVF for the first time. And I, when we talked about how that's quite a thing, the egg retrieval um, sensations that I'd never felt before, um, just in terms of the heaviness in my in my ovaries. And, um, and we, we were successful with it. And then I started that entire summer of 2019. I was taking hormones and doing the whole preparation that, you know, we all know here that is to, to, um, uh, transfer the, the embryo. And then at the late summer, I, I transferred the embryo and I'm doing my own shots. I learned to do it in my back because like, and you guys just like how like, a, it's empowering. Well, let's have yeah. just a moment of levity of imagining Alec Baldwin yeah. trying to shove a needle in my butt. I think that would have been like, definitely the end. We've dealt with a lot together. That would have been the end of our relationship for sure. But it was intense. Then I, um, you know, I, with the heartbeat or we no right before the heartbeat, I started having this crazy, crazy cramping and a lot of bleeding. And this was like right before you could find the, see the heartbeat. And we were sure that I was miscarrying. We we're sure. And I'm, and I was thinking, I was like, I've come so far. Yeah. You know, all of the shots, all of the pills, all the suppositories, the patches, you know, my bruised butt, my bruised belly. Um, and, and then this happened. I had this miraculous thing where I bled for two days. It was very physically painful. And they told me blood with pain isn't good. Um, so it's not good news. And then I went and there was a heartbeat. And I was mm. like, oh, my God, there's a heartbeat. I was so excited. And they said, you know what? It's just there's a like a clot and that was what it was. So it's going to be OK. Then um, I, you know, I announced I decide also to be like, you know what? Fuck this whole thing that you have to wait till your three months when I'm feeling sick and I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. I'm just going to tell everybody because that's my 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 thing now is just tell everybody everything so everybody can leave me alone to be open and show, you know, the reality of it, which now we we see that this New York Times reporter missed you know, missed the point. Right. Um, and she, um, I told my, my daughter and it was a girl. And so I, I said to my daughter, I said, you're going to get your sister. We have all our boys and we love our boys. And I'm such a boy mom, but she really wanted a, another sister. She has an older sister. And, um, and then I went for my 16 week appointment and, um, this is where I'm going to start to cry. I'm, I'm laying there and I had this weird feeling because I couldn't feel the baby and I can usually feel the baby very early on. I couldn't with my first, but my other ones, I can feel them super early on where people tell me that I'm making it up. I promise you I'm not. And, no. um, and I, they, she puts the, the wand on my belly and the baby's not moving. She was dead. And six, did you say 16, 16 weeks? Oof. And um, I start to scream. 
I called Alec, who was on a bus. He was on a public bus at the time. Um, and I just, I just didn't know what to do. They, um, you know, they, they said it was late in the day. I wiped the cream off my belly. I go and I had to talk to the doctor because this was the, the, the tech that I'm very close with. You know, she's, she's scanned all my babies. And I went and talked to the doctor and he told me again, well, you're old, but just know that you didn't do anything wrong. They always want to tell you, don't, you didn't do anything wrong, but, but you are old. And wow, what bad luck. You had two miscarriages in a row. And this one with, with IVF, you know, you would think. And then I walked like many, 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 many blocks. And I just was crying and walking many blocks. I get home and I needed to tell people right away. That was my feeling because I couldn't handle people congratulating me. And people right, would write me right. all the time congratulating me. And so I told Carmen, I told my daughter who was so, I mean, I hope that it wasn't throwing too much on her plate, but she had to just know the truth. And she was mm -hmm. asking me, how's my sister? Where's my pic there are pictures of my sister? And then I took the video that I put on my social media um, of me crying. And yes, it was, you know, it, it, very emotional, but it, it is what it is. And I just wanted people to know that I, I couldn't, I didn't want them to say, I'm so happy for you because I was not happy. Right. And I just, I cried for, I could not believe how many tears can come out of you. And, and then you fall asleep and then you wake up and you remember that it's true. And I had a belly, um, and then so I had to get something called a DNE, which basically your body feels like you had a baby afterwards. So my milk came in, I had my postpartum hair loss. And um, anyway, I did I did that. Now, fast forward to a month and a half later, I get pregnant naturally. And um, why am I still crying? Because, you know, but no, it's I, very emotional. It was very and emotional. I, it was very confusing. Yeah. And then I had this I had this embryo, this this other embryo. And I said, I feel I, I can't have any more kids. Ha ha ha. Now I had another one. <laughs> Obviously, I have no idea. I have no crystal ball, but I can't have another. I, I can my body can't handle any more. I'm going to have this baby. What am I going to do with this embryo? And I feel like if I put her inside of me, it's going to be a death sentence. I was sure that the same thing would happen that, you know, you lose control what we were talking about before that I, I was going to put it and I was going to try to house her just like I housed the babies that I conceived naturally. And, um, and I, I was going to kill her basically. And, mm -hmm. um, cause my, me women, we put so much weight on our, on our ability to bring life. And then we take all of the responsibility on us. And so I, um, I based, I met with a friend who had done surrogacy and, um, and they had tried very hard to have, have kids. And they, she connected me with the woman who, who carried her children, who then connected me to this whole amazing world. And I was very not sure about it. I was very right. not sure. Um, but, and I eventually, um, I met an amazing woman who is our surrogate and, um, and sh they said to me, um, this is what surrogacy is like. You have your grandmother's recipe of your cake. You make your cake. Your oven is either occupied or it's not working. And so you go to your neighbor's house and the neighbor cooks the cake for you. And then the neighbor gives the cake back to you because it's your cake. It's not your neighbor's cake. And that, I mean, it's such a silly thing, but it made so much. It was made a really like good point because I was asking, well, how are you going to feel about you know, carrying a baby and then giving baby. I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. But you realize that the women that do this are angels. They're they are. like, they are like 
the nurses in the hospital that just come and w- w- hold on to you and hold on to your baby. And, you know, my, my, um, my, my surrogate says, and this is what she does. This is, this is, she loves it. She is passionate about it. She says, I get to make families for a living. I get to make love. And in a different way of making love, I like to, to make this entire loving relationship for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it's just, it. she, she is so inspiring to me. And, you know, I mean, had the people who judged me so much, if they knew all of the reasons why, and that's the whole thing is that you shouldn't have to just don't, don't judge about things that you don't know about and how my Marilu, who was the one born via surrogacy, her, her story starts with you know the loss that i had you know and and the the her coming here there is a connection between those two souls but you know i think this show is all about right like sisterhood right like how it takes a village and women being there for each other obviously surrogacy is a modern you know gift to us and this was not an option for generations past but at the same time this is another ability for women to show up and hold space and really help one another granted it is a paid job unless you know there are people that just volunteer to do it for others but it is a beautiful beautiful thing and just honoring that and honoring them and seeing them as like the beautiful givers they are for providing such an amazing service that so many of us don't understand you know if we look at the numbers here like at least like in 2021, like the most conclusive um, stats on infertility in the U.S., like more than 35 percent of Americans have a very hard time conceiving. It takes years. It takes almost eight cycles of IVF on average for a woman to get pregnant. So there's so much that goes into it. It's such a factory. It's such a business. It's very dehumanizing, very demoralizing because you are just a part of this machine to to make a baby and you don't get the opportunity to cry like like you do to have that moment because they're just pushing you through the machine to the end right and the process is daunting i've done it three times and i have no children you know it's just it is painful and every part of your body and your mind changes during the process and there really isn't an outlet so i think too something we should talk about when we are concluding this conversation is, you know, real support for women that are going through this and how we can kind of put on our website, like how you can out find some outreach networks in which you can have these conversations. So you don't feel alone because a huge amount of the population goes through this. And I think a lot of women ascribe their validity as a woman to the, the motherhood paradigm, being yes. able to be a mother. Yes. And that is so harrowing because that's not, that's not defining of who you are, your character, what you can offer to the world. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful bonus, but we're all so vulnerable to it. I know since I still really want children and don't have them, I walk around, I live, you know, in a very baby centric neighborhood in New York. And there have been days where I just walk by all these little play groups and start crying. You just, it's so deeply ingrained in us and we don't get to talk about how much it hurts because you're never on the right side of it, it seems. And I'm fortunate to be a step parent as well, but there is the biological tie to parenting where that doesn't count. Right. And well, so it, it doesn't there's a judgment maybe there. in the eye of to, uh, to some to, the, yeah, to people that are I knew that too. Yeah, yeah. people's perception, right. you yeah. know, no, what I, I know, I know and, what you mean. I just want everybody at home to know what you mean too. Totally. And a lack of control that you have. And like, there's all, there are all the gray areas that you cannot cross. There are so there's red tape everywhere. 
And um, it's such a beautiful experience as well. And such an honor to be able to be there for children and also provide them at that outlet that is also a friend and not just a a parent because there is a different level of authority that comes with that and some dynamics. But yeah, it's, you know, you always have to clarify because then someone thinks you're being, you know, dishonest. Like, oh, I have kids, I have stepkids. They're like, oh, right. You know, it's different. I, and that, that's, that's hard horrible. too. Oh, oh yeah. That's, yeah. who does that? I mean, it's so rude. You know. Yeah. The, the, the judgment. judgment. But factor. I mean, oh, and we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to wrap soon. But I, I think the one of the, the takeaways from here is, People are going through something that you don't know anything about. There's there's that mm-hmm. quote that I completely just butchered right now, but we all know which one it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, being a, a parent or not being a parent or trying to be a parent and having it not work out, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition. This isn't this person against this person against that person. It is purely the love that I have. Am I giving it to another being? Am I learning to give it to myself? Am I giving it to a partner? Am I giving it out to the world and taking care of everybody or being a positive force rather than a negative force out there? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful that you came on and talked about this because it gave me an opportunity to, to, to speak about my experience for the first time. The, the other thing is we, we put such weight into physical suffering for women and, and motherhood. And we think, oh, if you didn't physically suffer to have this child in the way that I think physical suffering is, therefore we we question it. Right. Um, Oh, we and we did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. 
Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. So we do mm-hmm. we do something on uh, which is anonymous called uh, what are we coveting in your coven, and um, which means basically it's just like a favorite thing that we share. So like a product or a book or an experience or, or yeah some. Something we love that we're not really connected to, oh, we're but it's like inspiring us. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do have so something good. I thought, okay, I'll do it because it's not connected. There are things that I'm connected to, but this is really weird. See, on my show, if I don't have a little color, yes. I can look. Oh, you know these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Big time. Yeah, I can come off on my show because there's a lot of blue in our lighting. So look at these. These are like tan towels. And I do this on my face. And it doesn't make me break out. I do it on my face and I just do it on my arms. And they're little tan towels and they're so easy. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. It's so good. And mine's so basic and weird, but um, Ilaria and I have a very close friend who also does our hair. And it's been a really long time since I've seen him. And I've just been trying to like keep it together and make my hair look decent lately and like messy and witchy and not so like styled anyway going through a renaissance over here so these little silky uh hair ties where i can like tie them up and it gets all like scrunchy and mermaidy and doesn't ever leave like a dent this it's that silk brand by who i guess i tore i know the brand's called silk and they're like these little silk scrunchy things the the tag fell off it usually just says silk on it but so good do you have to do it like a like a bun rather than just a ponytail in order to not make so I do it when I work out and I like spray like wave wave spray and then I like twist it and then like put it over the back and then it comes out pretty decent I don't know I love that if you guys win I'll do I'll do mine now too so mine is Ilya it's this really like wide lipstick but you can actually also use it for your cheeks I'm super um crazy about the the preservatives that I put on my skin because they do make me break out um this color is called at last and, and I like it because you can put it on your lips, you can put it on your cheeks and blend it in. I'm not, you know, a huge make. I'm not a huge makeup wearer. So it's, it just gives you like a little something, unless somebody else is doing my makeup and then I'll, and then I'm happy to put it on. <laughs> hey, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us. This was, uh, for me, a completely life-changing conversation to be able to open up in this way. Uh, I, I love that you did. I feel really honored that you trusted me enough to do that and thank you for having me both of you thank you for your candor and making this conversation which can be so difficult really open and safe and also we can find some light in it because there is some comedy and how hard we have to fight some of the the battles to you know to get where we want to get with being a mother so it's all really fantastic (laughs) thank you both thank you Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, 
Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.